Welcome to the RSVP In Conversation With member podcast. RSVP is a member community for the global luxury wedding and party industry. And every week I interview a different member. After half an hour, you'll know them like old friends. Sit back and enjoy. My guest today describes herself thus. My diverse cultural background, half Swedish and half American, exposed me to two strikingly different upbringings, which I believe empowered me to dream big, work hard, while also valuing living life to the fullest. I've always had a deep fascination for beauty, history, and science, and in particular, where they intersect, which I think has informed nearly everything I've ever done. I started my adult life as an actor in a series of rather amusingly terrible sci-fi and horror channel films before I essentially ran away with the circus to go and produce and design touring Cirque Burlesque Cabaret shows across Australia, the US and the UK. Eventually, I hung up my feathers to go back to school, graduating magna cum laude from UCLA with a dissertation on unicorns. From there, I fell into the world of private events, and I suppose the rest is history. I'm passionate about joy and getting to know what sparks it off, what captured it, and of course, how we can bottle that up and create joy in everything we do with Black Rabbit projects. When we're not traveling around the world, creating experiences for our clients, I love nothing more than spending time with my partner in our garden, barefoot, making flower crowns for our beloved bulldog, dreaming up our next magical adventure. Welcome, Christina Rhodes. Thank you. We've done quite quite a few of these now, and that introduction is very unique. I don't think there'll be anybody else I will ever interview, if I'm, even if I'm here for 100 years, is a former burlesque performer and schlock B-movie actress <laughs> in her past. But having now got to know you for, for many years and in terms of what you do for Black Rabbits, I can see where the inspiration has come from in terms of what you do now, definitely. Actually, do, do you think that is, that there is an element in terms of the entertainment that you provide sort of has some elements of your previous career? Yeah, definitely. Because I think when I was, one of the things that I loved about the world of cabaret was that it was the ultimate form of self-expression because, you know, I think back in the day before YouTube, before smartphones, like way back in the dawn of time when I was trying to be an actor, I realized I absolutely did not want to do that with my life. You really weren't, you didn't have any control. You didn't have any power. So all the power rested in your agent or your manager or, you know, some studio head. Um, and I think cabaret is this wonderful world where you get to create the story and you get to design it and you design the costumes, you design the props, set, like literally everything about the experience. And I think it's that, which, yeah, what 100% still feeds into into what we do at Black mm-hmm. Rabbit. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's where I first fell in love with all, like getting to do all of those design touch points. The stage is an actor's medium. The film is a director's medium and television is a producer's medium. So it's um, where to go from there. So let's actually just go back to your childhood, your upbringing. Uh, where were you brought up? What's your earliest memory? Did yeah. You, did you have the idyllic chocolate box childhood? <laughs> I mean, I had a very happy childhood, which, I, which I'm very grateful to my parents for. But um but yeah, so my father was Swedish, my mom was American. They met at a um, a sort of hippie cult in Haight-Ashbury in the 1960s. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, living just down the road from all, all kinds of crazy characters. And they eventually left San Francisco and I was born in Los Angeles, but then we moved to outside of Boston. So we lived in like a really rural farm uh, town outside of Boston. And we always had a house in Sweden and that's where most of my family 
lives apart from a few cousins around the States. Um, so I spent a lot of time there growing up. So I really had a very strong uh, Swedish Nordic influence in my life. And then we moved to Northern California, so to the Bay Area, um, kind of the heart of Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. which is where I went to high school and sort of had my formative years. And then, yeah, and then moved around quite a bit as an adult, sort of between Australia, London, Los Angeles, New York. Okay. Do you have an earliest memory when you were very, very little? I know. I was thinking about this. My earliest memory is actually quite traumatic. It's um, oh being in one of the early 80s uh, earthquakes, and I remember sitting under the table while basically our entire home like nearly collapsed. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. It's uh, burned in there forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Now, so everyone is creating in this industry, and you are one of the most creative people that we know, to be perfectly yeah. honest. So, I mean, is there a favorite art form? Is it burlesque? <laughs> <laughs> and I do love burlesque. I have a lot of respect for it. But uh, no, I was, again, I was thinking about this too. I think for me, I think it's a toss up between two. I really love historical fashion. I just think there's something about understanding about textiles and fabrics and really i think fashion is this great identity marker so much more so now you get to really like set your personal style but even back in the day it had so many connotations in between like the colors that you chose and the specific fabrics that you chose and i think it has this really beautiful storytelling element to it that i find really fascinating and the other form of art that i really love is love poetry and Mm -hmm. so and and really broad range i love a kind of super contemporary Charles Bukowski is not an author you know for love poetry but does he has a whole book on it and it's amazing um and also was really fascinated when I was growing up um with Rumi and also with the poetry of France in the sort of 12th and 13th century which is where the concept of chivalry came from and mm-hmm. I think moving on from love poetry so if you think about you know paints all these beautiful images in your mind around the experience and the feelings of love but then you also start to think about you know, sort of where that was communicated and, you know, the parties that would have been thrown around that era mm-hmm. in France and, and again, then what people were wearing. And, and just, I think it's just that all of those really like multi-sensory aspects that play into an experience. You must go to the V&A a lot then, if you like. I do. I do. It's my favorite museum. Yes. Yeah. And, and do you read it in the original French? Are, are you fluent in French? No. Despite 11 years of educational French, I am not fluent. But if you drop me in France, I can make my way. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Well, we have worked together in France. You you, you helped us with our... And I I think <laughs> probably you had a better experience than me during that event. <laughs> That's probably the best way to describe it. Um, okay. And do you, do, you, do you go to gigs, bands? What's your favorite kind of music? Yeah, so my favorite kind of music is not really the kind that you go gigging to. Um, my favorite artist of all time is Enya, who... Okay, yes, the, the Irish 1980s. Yes, exactly. Star, yes. Yeah, you can't really dance to her, I don't think. No, no, but you can listen to her on repeat as a moody teenager, moody 20-something, moody 40-something. Yeah. So. She was the lead singer in Clanad, am I correct? I think so, I yeah. I think she but, was, I mean, yes. Have you ever seen her live? I haven't, actually. Does no. she do live gigs? I've heard she's a bit of a kind of recluse and keeps to herself in uh-huh. her castle in Ireland. Which I also love. I love the dark romanticism <laughs> of that. 
I want to be that. It's it's those vampire films about Dracula's castle. It's really is your your life imitating your own art, aren't you? At the <laughs> end of the day, in ten years' time, let's just just think about Christina in ten years' time. You're still a very young pop. What will you do? You think you'll be doing in ten years, both personally and professionally? Yeah, I think I think professionally, you know, I would love to. I think we're so. I mean, we honestly are so blessed to be able to do the work that we do. You know, travel around come up with these crazy experiences all over the world and I think meet with and work with so many amazing crazy people in this industry so I think just that like I love to just continue having more and more kind of crazy mad experiences getting to travel and meet and work with great people um, and just be creative um, and then I think personally I mean my dream would be I meet a vampire and they give me eternal life <laughs> anyone listening knows anyone <laughs> um, I think if anyone claimed to, to be that you mean I think you need to be very suspicious of them in fact they probably maybe shouldn't be on the on the streets <laughs> you never know you, you never know you never know so do you have a favorite cuisine is it is it lingam berries and open sandwiches no with with the Swedish background in your house <laughs> I do love lingamberry. But I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Now, my favorite cuisine is actually more just my favorite restaurant. So anything that comes out of the kitchen of this restaurant is, is my favorite. And that is La Perouse, which if you haven't been, you need to. And you're Where is it? To. So it's in Paris. Mm -hmm. It's one of the oldest restaurants in Paris. It's the OG three-star Michelin restaurant. And it still has its three-star. Mm -hmm. Been going for hundreds of years. And it is amazing like honestly if heaven exists i will die and just go to a dinner party in one of their private little dining rooms because it's perfect it's like the most perfect place on the planet okay and it's french cuisine is it yeah yes, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah french yeah. food okay. cuisine yes okay okay wonderful and i take it every time you you go to paris you go there i do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just lovely like you get this little private room it's all candlelit it's all sort of impeccable red velvet furnishings but there's just something you get this like really intimate private space and you know the wait staff don't mm -hmm. care what you do inside. They're all super chill. Um, so you're having this like amazing meal and also this crazy party all around it. Okay. Okay. So what would you have to drink at La Perouse or if you went up to a bar with anything, with anything behind it, what would be your, your consumption of choice? Yeah. Well, I'm a Negroni girl. So Negroni is all the way. Okay. Although I, as I've moved from my youth where hangovers don't exist into age where they very much do exist, um, I've started moving more towards Palomas, which I actually got introduced to at a party we did together years ago. Tell us, what a, tell us what a Paloma is. Paloma is a delightfully refreshing beverage of uh, tequila and grapefruit juice and mm -hmm. soda. Okay. Um, and because I found out that tequila and mezcal are the only you know, sort of alcohol is obviously not that great for you, but tequila is the only upper as far as alcohols go. So, okay. Okay. And if you have a Negroni, is there a particular kind of gin you use or a particular kind of vermouth? No, I'm not that fussy. I'm not that fussy. I'm not that high level. Be Vita with Martini Rosso. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And a bit of Campari. Yeah. Simple girl. So you're having a dinner party at La Perouse and obviously the food is, is amazing. You have a big private room there. There's Negronis on tap. And anything else that anyone wants. So around this dinner party table, and it's as big as you want it to be, 
Who is there for the best dinner party you will ever have? Anyone alive or dead? What a good question. What a good question. Okay, so, uh, and a curveball question. This is not the pre. pre <laughs> um, you must have I, lots of icons in your life. I do, I do. In, inspirational people. So it would be Madame de Pompadour, because she's my mm -hmm. oldest hero. So okay. She, uh, was the mistress for one of the great kings of France, uh -huh. but she was it the fifteenth through the fifteenth? I think she was. Yes, yes. But she was amazing because she sort of came up from nothing and got put in, positioned into this role. When obviously at a time when women didn't have a lot of power, control, influence, and their romantic relationship is actually quite short lived. But they remained life partners pretty much for the duration of his life, um, and she essentially ruled France for mm -hmm. a long time um, underneath him or alongside him. So she would be there for sure. But she was also very fashionable and had, you know, a great hairstyle. Pompadour mm -hmm. was named after her and a whole style of furniture. So she would be there. Uh, let's see, who else? There would be um, Count Dracula or Countess Bathory. Okay. Countess Bathory. Actually, th this is the first time we've had a fictional character there. Actually, in terms oh, of what no, said, Countess yes. Bathory was a real. Oh, well, well, no, no. I mean, I, I mean Dracula. Yes, so, yes. Although there was a gentleman in Romania who was the inspiration. We all know. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. But I don't think he flew around and sucked blood from willing virgins. Uh, you never know. And then I would have. I'm just looking up. Um, there was an author who I was really obsessed with. When I was younger, Oliver Sacks, that's it. Oliver Sacks, yes, he... Um, Famous neurosurgeon or like yes, neuroscientist. The brain. A series yes. of amazing books all about these, really about the like cross-section between identity and the ways you think of yourself with your identity and then ways in which the your brain can have something go wrong with it and then you lose that aspect of your identity, mm -hmm. which just poses the question about like, you really are, etc. I think he'd be fascinating. So Oliver's His most famous book, I think, is the man who mistook himself for a hat. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Which, which yeah. leads to all kinds of other conversations, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anybody else around the tables? You've got Dracula. You've got Countess Bathory. They'll get on like a house on fire. Oliver Sacks, Madame de Pompadour. Actually, Dracula will probably be quite interested in her. And then I'd say Cleopatra. Is it? She was a. She was the one. You like strong, trailblazing women, don't you? I do, with a good fashion sense. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> I think that's a. Good, I think that's a good start. So that's the dinner party. That's the, the, the dream dinner party. It's in France. It's in your favorite restaurant. It's got those amazing people around today. Do you um, watch films? Any particular fun of film genre, or uh, you like? What's your favorite movie of all time? So I don't know that I have a favorite movie of all time, but I love sort of three genres the most. So I love old 1930s, 1940s musicals. I guess who doesn't? But like Gentleman Burke of Lawns, White Christmas. Busby Berkeley. I think any of that. And that also I think has always had a big influence on my work. I just love the like glamour and just the old Hollywood campness of all of it. I just think it's so fun. So that, and then I do love a bit of In the Mood for Love is maybe one of my favorite movies. It's by Wong Kar Wai. And if you're a visual person, you will absolutely love it. It's just a beautiful, beautiful piece. And then at the end of the day, I'm a basic, I'm a basic lady, since I can't say the other word. And I love a rom-com. And uh -huh. I think of all the rom-coms in the world, and an 80s baby will understand and appreciate this, 
is Mandy Moore's A Walk to Remember, which is heartbreaking and wonderful in equal measure and always a tearjerker. Okay. I've, I, that's one I'll have to catch up on. I've never heard of it before, but yes. If you end up watching that movie, you, you must tell me because I can't really picture that happening. <laughs> <laughs> Like very cheesy. Okay. Like, um, do you think I'm a stereotypical male then, <laughs> heterosexual male no, sort of um, no. who, wouldn't, who wouldn't watch a rom com and get very, very bored very easily? And 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 if that's the case, then you're absolutely correct. I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. I just think if you had, didn't see it when you were a teenager, I mean, I'm not sure that the today version of me would appreciate it. We all work very hard in this industry, and uh, we all need a bit of a break from time to time after doing uh, some difficult events. And some of them have been hours. I do realize that, Christina. Where do you go t- to chill out and relax? What's your favorite holiday destination? Yeah, well, we're actually, I have a few, um, but we're actually up in the Lake District right now. And I think that's one of my partner and I's absolute favorite places on earth. Um, I think there's something that's just so magical and special about the Lake District, about the English countryside in general. For anyone who doesn't know it, it's where Beatrix Potter is from originally. Mm-hmm. And she did a lot of work in terms of sort of ensuring that this land became a national trust for the public to kind of have for eternity, which is really lovely. And also Japan, which is a place that I went to a lot when I was growing up, mm-hmm. for very bizarre reasons. Um, and there are these hill temples outside of Kyoto. And there is just something that is mind-blowingly magical about them. Like they have this mist, which seems to just come off off and over the hills all the time and it's just you just feel like you're going to run into some magical creature at any turn and yeah i think when i want to relax and unwind it's really about going back to nature and about going back to kind of authentic nature as undisturbed as possible okay okay wonderful now let's turn to the negative things what irritates you what do you want to put into room 101 what do you think the world could do without oh god egos egos it's it's so popular <laughs> that it's it's is the world and yet our industry is probably the worst in the world for, for people <laughs> having egos and even people say i have no ego and then two minutes later they're spouting out <laughs> showing the world how big their ego is it's 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 it's, it's oh, yeah <laughs> it was one of the lessons i learned most in hollywood was that um one was i was always taught you need to say please and thank you because you never know you know the person who's working underneath you is the lowly intern maybe your producer in a few years time and mm-hmm. that way yeah. does happen even in our industry but also that it's you find that people in hollywood who are genuine superstars or in the rock industry or music industry or even our industry they don't have to be mean or nasty like it's so rare it does happen but it's mm-hmm. so rare because they have absolutely nothing to prove yeah first you get those people who are kind of insecure about what it is that they do or you know how, where, where they're pecking where they stand in the pecking order and I feel like those people, it's that ego that, that just irritates me. And then they feel a need to sort of step on other people. I think anybody who's mm-hmm. a bully, anyone who's got like too big of an ego, I think those are things like it's just the world would be so much better place without. It does. I mean, yes, I, th- I think most people who are the very, very top are like that. There is a few I've heard horror stories of, and I'm sure you have. I mean, there was there was one, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names because we could be sued, but um, there's one very famous wedding planner, American, had to wait for her client for three days on a first meeting. <laughs> you know, just, just went to a hotel and had to stay there for three days waiting for this person to deem her an audience, which I thought was just intriguing. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, can't mention any names. Okay, so egos in, are being put into room 101. Any, anything else? I think bullying. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, there's just... So, so. 
there's just no reason to get nasty towards people. And I think, you know, we do work in an industry which is can get very stressful. The stakes can feel very high. You know, oftentimes in the luxury market, we're looking after very large budgets, but, you know, on very important days for people. But at the same time, like, you just have to remind yourself, you know, you're here to bring joy to people. This is meant to be a joyful Listen. experience. You <laughs> <laughs> like, it is amazing how, how lots of ultimate uh, uh, clients sort of just don't get that. They want to create as much chaos as possible. Yeah, so, on well, their big day in the industry, unfortunately, I think you get other people who just they don't. They, yeah, they just see it as it's time for terror, which I have no time for. And now, being a former burlesque performer, you must have had lots of embarrassing moments on stage when maybe things didn't fall off in the right order or 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 whatever. So is there anything anything really, really embarrassing or or something that didn't quite go right? Listen, yeah. my time as a burlesque artist was nothing short of a glamorous dream. <laughs> <laughs> there were other times in my life where there yeah. was very embarrassing things. Oh, oh, come on then. Right. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but no, I mean embarrassing embarrassing no i mean i think to be to be perfectly honest i'm somebody who lives really deeply and you can't be you can't live life full of regrets so as soon as That's something it. embarrassing or bad happens once we're through it and we've dealt with it i just literally forget it like you could have a gun to my head right now i have no Listen. idea what my most embarrassing moment is <laughs> yeah. okay okay and i'm also not gonna share it even if i did <laughs> Is there anything you want to get off your chest? Is there anything naughty you've ever done in your life that you may think, oh, yes, I might as well tell the world now I, you know, I, I broke some windows or something and blamed <laughs> them on my brother and, you know, or we went joyriding in a car and I was 12 years old, you know. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> I think my, I think any of like the most naughtiest experiences, as I'm sure they are for you too, are not shit for <laughs> environment. <laughs> but, um, but no, when I was growing up, I took a very much a rules don't apply kind of attitude. Good. Or maybe just didn't ask for forgiveness, not permission. And so we were really, my friends and I were really into music when we were growing up. And often we'd be up in San Francisco going to gigs um, and often finding our way backstage. Um, and I ended up having a very intense love relationship with a drummer of a rock band when i should have been studying i was touring around with them <laughs> you were groupie you became a, a drummer groupie no groupies <laughs> are ladies or gentlemen or <laughs> non-binaries who uh are not part of the inner circle all right it's okay absolutely different thing yes. but no, <laughs> touring around the world felt like much more fun than um than doing biochem so I opted for that one. Okay, okay. I'm afraid we're going to come to the end. We're coming to the end of our discussion now, but it's been very enjoyable. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Christina Rhodes, burlesque performer, schlock horror B movie actress, lover of Enya and French romantic poetry, up for any crazy mad experience. Hollywood camp, great. Japanese temples, even better. And a member of a drummer's inner circle in her teenage years. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you wish to join RSVP, please go to the website rsvp.club or email me, james at rsvp.club. Our next large event is in Istanbul in April 2024. See you all next week.